to a special episode. And by special, I mean different. Republican edition. We are covering the Republican debate held by Business Insider. Yeah, it was on September 24th. Uh, But first, there are two new Republican challengers to Donald Trump. That Those people are Joe Welsh and Mark Sanford. So we're going to introduce them to start off before we get into the debate. Correction, Joe Walsh. What did I say? Joe Welsh. Ew, why? <laughs> Joe, he's Welsh. I've said his name 5,000 times. I don't know. Okay. Joe Walsh. Joe Walsh. Um, uh, Bill Weld and Joe Walsh are the two that participated in this debate. Trump ignored the invitation like we all might expect. He said he's not interested in debating any other Republican challengers and calls all of their runs a publicity stunt. Um, Sanford, on the other hand, says that he had a scheduling conflict, and that's why he didn't want to show up, but he was actually just campaigning in Iowa, so I really don't know why he didn't want to be there. You know, Iowa. That's what everybody else is doing, too. (laughs) Um, and ironically enough, enough, the week prior, he was traveling around to campaign stops with a cardboard cutout of Donald Trump, like, holding mock debates, like, debating a cardboard cutout, saying that Trump needs to debate. So, a little ironic that he didn't even want to show up yeah, to the first Republican debate. That's exactly. kind of crazy to me. That's interesting. Maybe he, said, he was having a high-dollar fundraiser. Who knows? <laughs> he should have sent a cardboard version of himself. Yeah. <laughs> I I tried to figure out what he was actually doing. There's, like, no posts, no events, no nothing that day. Like, That's even... me whenever I don't want to go out, but then I tell someone I'm busy so I can't post on social media or anything for the whole entire night, because I'm like, they'll know. He was either scared or doing something secretive, so that's what happened. Interesting. Um, and we're not going to be doing any drawing this time. Uh, I'm going to talk about Bill Weld, and Madison's going to cover Joe Walsh, and we'll just kind of try and go through a little bit chronologically, compare the two. Uh, but let's first start by introducing those candidates. Uh, Joe Walsh, Joe Walsh, and Mark Sanford are both very interesting characters. So this will be interesting. <laughs> Let us know. On Joe Walsh, it's really hard to find a lot of info on him because he is one of 10 plus book figures with that name. And so you actually have to Google Joe Walsh, Illinois politician in order to get any like legitimate results. Um, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I did see that. I tried to show someone a picture of him today and like the rock star came up or something, a guitar player. Right. So if you, uh, (laughs) that's not him. (laughs) Yeah. So if you research him, uh, keep in mind that there are many other people named Joe Walsh and you might be reading about a completely different person who is not running for president whatsoever. (laughs) So (laughs) I fell into that trap several times. (laughs) You're like, interesting. Like that is very... Like, and now he's considering a presidential run. What a different... <laughs> wow, wow. What a world we live in. Um, Joe Walsh has been very critical of Donald Trump, but that really started, like, in 2018. He often calls him a liar, an idiot, unfit, and insists that he's not a true conservative. Although he did vote for Trump and supported him until the summer of 2018, um, he said the straw that broke the camel's back was Trump's joint press conference with Russian President Vladimir Putin. He said, it's over. He's corrupt. So, you know, he's a Trump guy, and but but he's he's changed his mind. Yeah. And he's come around, I guess. Um, his campaign slogan is, be brave. I guess he thinks that he's brave for taking on Trump. And that's kind of his whole Raise message. Raise your voice. I'm brave. I'll do what no one else has dared to do before. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Say bad things about Donald Trump. <laughs> so a little more about Joe Walsh. He is 57 years old, a former United States House member from Illinois. 
He served on the committees of Homeland Security, Government Reform, and Small Business, and was defeated by Democrat Tammy Duckworth after serving just one term from 2010 to 2012. So this is the only public office he's ever held, two years, that a Democrat beat him. Okay. Um, <laughs> he's also a highly controversial conservative radio talk show host of the Joe Walsh show um, up until his presidential announcement, at which time that show was canceled because the people who broadcast that show were pro-Trump, and since he's running against Trump, they said, you can't have this anymore. Listen, um, we take it back, actually. Yeah. Um, he's also a Tea Party activist and former social worker. I kind of wanted to learn more about that. That is I was interesting. Like, this is interesting. I'm like, yeah. what did he do? Maybe that informed his opinions. Maybe. I want to know how, <laughs> though. <laughs> Um, Coming soon, an episode about Joe Walsh's social work. <laughs> we should do a, a miniature. <laughs> like a little rabbit hole that we get into. <laughs> um, so as far as his like positions and platform, there's not really a lot here since he only served one term. And there's nothing on his uh, presidential campaign website. But on abortion, he used to be pro-choice in the 90s. But now he is pro-life, quote, without exception. Fun. Okay. He does not support gay marriage because the Bible... He says he does not believe that climate change science is, quote, definitive. Um, this and, is interesting because I covered him in the, the debate, but right. I didn't know this stuff, so I'm like... And he sort of changed yes, that Yes, so I'm like, debate, we'll see what he says, see. but I'm yeah. like, interesting. But he before has said, like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the temperatures change. And it's they, kind of cold today. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean... I don't know. I, I had to buy extra socks this year because it was a super cold winter. So, like, it, what is global warming? Last year it got cold in December, and this year it got cold in November. So, I don't really know for warming. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't really see it. I don't know. You guys, climate change is real. Get with it. <laughs> um, he also supports reducing government spending and balancing the budget. He wants to lower and simplify taxes with a single tax rate, a.k.a. a flat rate tax system, and abolishing the IRS. He wants to defund, repeal, and replace the Affordable Care Act with a free market approach, and he wants to privatize Social Security because he thinks individuals should be responsible for saving for their own retirement. Okay. Yep. Um, yeah, he's pull also... Pull yourself up by the bootstraps and retire. <laughs> pull it up. Um, he's also made a number of controversial, sometimes violent, and possibly racist statements. Mm -hmm. Mostly tweets. This could go on forever, but, uh, we're just gonna give some of the highlights real quick. <laughs> uh, let's start with racist statements. <laughs> oh my god, you categorized <laughs> Yes, them. I have. I have. <laughs> okay. Um, in 2014, he went on a Twitter rampage basically because the management of his radio program kept cutting to commercial and then eventually kicked him off the air entirely because he kept using racial slurs that he wasn't allowed to use on the on radio. And yeah. so then he took to Twitter after that to vent. I'm really not sure how much of this I can say. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably edit what he said. Just but say, throw in like cute little words where he used expletives. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to think of one for... Okay, I'll try. Right. Um, he said, just got kicked off the air until further notice. Tried to have an honest discussion about racist terms and management censored my language. Found out if I said redskins or cracker or redneck Bible thumper, I could stay on. But if I said ninja or... <laughs> what's an, what's, what, what's just, an S word? What's a cute S word? Um, spice. 
<laughs> if I said ninja and spice, they cut me off. Except picture them as absolutely terrible words that have been used against black and brown minorities yes. forever. Uh, hard R on that on that uh, ninja word. Hard K on the spice. Yeah. Uh, and then in 2016, via tweet, he said, Black Lives Matter should be categorized as a hate group. 2017, he said, in America, I have a right to say the blacks are lazy and the Irish are drunks. Hateful speech is protected. And I do have a right. <laughs> I do have a right to say you're a racist I know. piece of shit. I'm like, and we both have that right. We do. <laughs> I, I think that his point is not that blacks were lazy or that Irish, Irish that he are can drunk, say but that, that he stuff. can say it and that... Like, incendiary comments are still free speech, which, like, yes, they are. But, like, why are you making that yeah, point I'm so like, hard? Why is that your main point? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, why are you trying to drive those ones home? Why do you want to defend that language so bad? Right. But okay. Anyway. <laughs> uh, and then let's talk about violent statements, he said. In a 2015 tweet, quote, Let's hope that when the Islamists next strike, they first behead the appeasing cowards at CNN, MSNBC, et al. who refuse to show the cartoons. I don't know what cartoons he's talking about, but doesn't matter. Yeah, that was already pretty <laughs> violent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in a 2016 tweet, he said, On November 8th, I'm voting for Donald Trump. On November, on November 9th, if Trump loses, I'm grabbing my musket. You in? Who you got? Where? Hillary? Who's going to shoot Hillary? Who's... I don't like, know. I don't know. <laughs> where are you going with that thing? Um, yeah. <laughs> wow, he was like ride or die for Trump. He said, Trump or fucking bust. I will grab my musket and I will come out with it. We will start a civil <gasps> Who war. Who wants to join me? I'm I'm literally polishing it right now. It's crazy. <laughs> um, and then it, in a deleted tweet, I'm not sure exactly when this is, but these are all in the pretty recent history. Um, he called for, quote, war following the shooting deaths of police in Dallas. He said, quote, three cops killed, seven wounded. This is now war. Watch out, Obama. Watch out, Black Lives Matter punks. Real America is coming after you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then, but then he later clarified in another tweet that he is not, quote, calling for violence against Obama or anyone. And I was like, I sure sound like you were calling for violence. I don't know. Yeah, it's Okay. Watch yeah. out is usually whenever there's, like, an impending threat of physical force. Like, hey, watch out. There's a ball flying at you. Or I'm about to come at you with my musket. So watch out. Mm -hmm. Like, usually that's a warning <laughs> for physical violence. <laughs> You'd think. Uh, <laughs> and I, I guess these don't necessarily fall in the racist or violent category, but we got a few more. They're just um, notable. <laughs> In 2014, he said, quote, the LGBT community has become nothing more than a group of constitutional terrorists, and that was following a veto of an Arizona bill that would have allowed businesses to refuse service to anyone on the grounds of religious freedom. He said, businesses should be able to say no gays on the front door. Why not? No gays. I have some controversial views about that, too. I kind of think that that, like, should be allowed. And no, that I say that, too, but then I'm like, yeah. That exactly. sucks for you. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Um, he had several comments about Obama. He has called him a Muslim and a traitor on many occasions. Even as recently as, like, last year, I oh, think. Oh, yeah. 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 This is all pretty recent. Yeah. Um, for both of which he now apologizes. In a 2016 tweet, he said, quote, The single greatest act of racism in American history was the election of Barack Obama. People voted for him simply because he was black. How racist. Racist. <laughs> Um, he also said that Obama was, quote, held to a lower standard because he was black. 
Okay. Yep. That's not true at all. <laughs> I think he was held to a higher, higher standard. standard yeah, like I don't know. I'm biased, so whatever. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then in a 2018 tweet, he said, "Quote: I have the right to pray to whatever God I want to pray to. I have the right to call Obama a Muslim, and I have and call Trump a thin-skinned egomaniac. I have the right to use an AR-15 to defend my family and my home. That's America. Get off my lawn." So Ugh. you can really tell the character yeah. of this guy through some. I just hate that argument of character because then it's like. Then they'll say that they don't mean the things that they said, but then, like, just defend to death their right to say it, which I get, like, we do have the right to say it, but I'm like, why those things? Why, why are you fighting so hard for those? Yeah, you don't have to do or say things just because you can. Yes. <laughs> There's a lot of things we can do. We just don't. Right. <laughs> or, you know, you face the consequences of when you say that's them. And I that's guess the that's... other thing, is I'm just like, no one's really fighting his right to say it. No. They're just exercising their right to say what they say back. Yeah. They're exercising their right yeah. to call him a fucking idiot for like, saying that shit. I have that right. And I'm like, okay, I'm not saying you don't have a right to say that. No one ever is like, you don't have the right to say that. They're saying, you're an asshole and right. a little bit racist. Yes. Like. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> oh. And then in 2017, he said, Islam has a problem. It's our right and it's our duty to profile Muslims. Until Islam reforms, we have to treat Muslims differently. Got it? Got so it? So that's. Like, pretty textbook racism right yeah. there. Or Like, xenophobia, treating people whatever. differently because of the color of their skin or where they come from. Yep. I'd say. Okay. Or who they pray to. I mean, that's fucking crazy. We have, like, the right to religious freedom in this country. And yeah. He said it with his whole chest. That's yeah. crazy. Crazy. Um, and then he sort of kind of apologized for this stuff in August. He said, yes, I have said some hurtful things about Islam. Apologize for that. I stand by what I said about Islamism. Thanks. So, okay. Yeah. I hate when people say, yeah, I know I did that. I already apologized. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, just say it again. <laughs> right. Just remind me. <laughs> um, he said that the Trump presidency has made him reflect on some of his past statements, which he now regrets. So he is sort of being reflective a little bit um, and that he realizes like whenever Trump does this sort of thing, yeah. the kind of things that it's inciting and that yeah. he realizes he might he also be doing that, that and yeah. that he... He, he says a lot, like, I helped create Trump, yeah. and he did. Yeah. So, um, also, if you want to hear more about especially, like, the racist statements that he's met, that he's made, I recommend you go listen to Michael Steele's podcast, S-T-E-E-L-E. Um, he is the former chairman of the RNC. That's so like, he's, that sounds familiar. He's a Republican. He's... He used to be pretty high-ranking. I am a big fan of him because I used to listen to a program where, that he had with a Democrat on my drive home from work every single day where they would debate issues and, like, try to find consensus. And it was really smart, and nobody was mean or an asshole, and I liked it. Um, but he has his own podcast now, Michael Steele, and um, he interviews Joe Walsh and, like, confronts him about a lot of the racist stuff he said. And Michael Steele himself is black, so it's a good um, okay. meeting of minds there, and you can really kind of... Get into that in more depth. It's like over an hour long. So yeah. that is available. Uh, that's really all I have on Joe Walsh. Any last thoughts? I mean, thoughts that I'll get to with the debate. So yeah. I'll, I'll hold them off for a second. More to come on yeah. Joe Walsh. But, um, and then next we have Mark Sanford. Mark Sanford is 59, former, gov- 
former governor of South Carolina from 2003 to 2011. He also served in the House from South Carolina and from 1995 to 2001, and then again from 2013 to present day. So he's still a congressperson now. Mm -hmm. He has served on the committees of Budget, Transportation and Infrastructure, and Homeland Security. He was defeated in the 2018 midterm whenever Trump endorsed his Republican challenger. So, oh, did I say to present? I guess he is, I, it should have been 2017. It was 2019, and I was like, that means now. But it, it was 2017. Sorry. Apologies. He's He was defeated. Um, he, he didn't even get the party nomination because he had a Republican challenger that Donald Trump endorsed. And so a lot of people are suggesting that he's running for president because he has a grudge against Donald Trump for endorsing his challenger and making uh-huh. him lose his race. So okay. he denies this, but that's a theory in the mm-hmm. midst. Um, he also chaired the Republican Governors Association for, um, in 2008 and 2009, which is really just a group of people that help elect Republican governors around the state. Um, he's also a for- former Freedom Caucus member and a current Tea Party member. Hmm. On the issues, his number one issue is reducing debt and deficit. It's pretty much exclusively what he talks about on his website. Um, some say that he kind of goes too far on this, like in his management of people. Um, for example, he once or not once used to require his staff to use both side of post-it notes. Um, he also, as Yikes. South Carolina governor, refused $700 million in federal stimulus money for education in 2009 after the like financial crisis. He said, I don't want money for education. Big government's bad. <clears throat> yeah. So... And then uh, on climate change, he's actually one of a very few Republicans to call for action. But then he vetoed um, several bills, including a carbon tax, because he feared that it would hurt the economy. So he's like, we got to do something, but like but none of the things that y'all want to do. Don't hurt the economy. Right. Um, on immigration, he believes in a strong border and penalizing sanctuary cities, but opposes separating families. He is pro-life, supports lowering taxes, opposes same-sex marriage, and he is super opposes earmarks. That is like a big thing. If you earmarks, <clears throat> earmarks, it's uh, also known as like pork barrel spending. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Basically, whenever you're trying to get votes on your bill, so you you, you offer things there. that just help that person's constituents. So that's why like big bills often have a lot of shit that has nothing to do with like the actual text in it because. It'll it, get it, that person to sign it. Exactly. Yeah. So um, he's very against that. And he even like brought two squealing pigs under his arm to the state capitol who did not want to fucking be there. And was I'm... like gave a press conference in front of reporters about pork barrel spending like holding oh two pigs. So I was like, okay, take it down. He really does so, like go over the top for things like that. <laughs> right. Um, he also co-sponsored the Fair Tax Act of 2011, which would have replaced income and estate taxes with a 23% sales tax and eliminated the IRS. Don't fucking get me started on why this is crazy. It's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then on, he's had a, a couple of controversies of his own. Um, the first is his disappearance in a fair in 2009. He, when he was governor, he disappeared for six days. His family, his staff, like the public did not know where the fuck this guy was. We were like literally a missing governor. Um, his staff kept lying for him. Like 
And then at one point, they, they even said that he was hiking the Appalachian Trail, um, which has now become a euphemism for whenever a public figure has an affair, they say, oh, he's hiking the Appalachian Trail. Because of because, this? Yes. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Um, he wow, was at, an innovator. That's actually because he was in Argentina with his mistress, um, following, you know, a trial separation from his wife. So, interesting. Um, you may recognize him from the Netflix documentary, The Family, if you have watched that. I don't know if you've watched I haven't. it. Um, it's popular on Netflix, so I'm, I'm yeah. bet some people listening have, have watched it. But if you, if you haven't watched it, a little recap of that documentary is basically The Family, sometimes called The Fellowship, actually doesn't have a name at all. But in order, you know, it doesn't have a name in order to keep it secret. Yeah. Um, and it was led by Doug Coe until his death. Kind of irrelevant. Um, but it was slash is not really sure because it's secret. <laughs> a religious bipartisan group of world leaders that spreads the word of Jesus. Not Christianity, though. Just Jesus. Their whole motto was something like Jesus plus nothing. It's like you just spread the word of Jesus. And they have like a shortened version of the Bible that just like about Jesus. Jesus. It's weird. That is strange. Yeah. Like, what? Why? I don't... Okay. Well, to... I don't know. It's a conspiracy. Like, yeah. some people think it's just like a Bible study group and they just love Jesus. And yeah. then other people say, like, it's a it's a way to exert power that, like, they, they're willing to even meet with, like, authoritarian figures around the world because they believe that any person who is in a position of power or has been, like, elected to a position of leadership was chosen for that by God. And they're, like... It's our job like, to spread the word. Yeah, they're basically, like, chosen and are, like, special people. So even, like, horrible people across the world, if they're, like, leaders, then they're they're supposed to be there. God intended that and, like, let's spread the word of Jesus to them. Dang. But then some people say that they're using Jesus to, like, rile people up and play to their get emotions power, yeah. and get more power. So... Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Um, so where does he tie into it? Well, also in the documentary, there's this place called C Street. It's a townhouse in Washington, D.C., which was owned by the group, and it has been described as a frat house for Jesus, and basically a bunch of members of Congress would live there whenever they were in session together, like a bunch of little frat boys, and talk about Jesus, apparently. I don't know. Um, (laughs) But nobody ever really talked about this, and it's not supposed to be associated with the fellowship or the family, and so... um, Whenever he had a press conference about his extramarital affair, he more or less confirmed that he was working with C Street to, like, um, help his, like... Well, the he appears in the documentary, and in the documentary, they're like, he worked with C Street to get help with his, like, public image and to be able to yeah. stay in office and, like, recover from it. Um, but he says it's more of a, like, they helped me get right in my heart or whatever. Um, Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but basically... He confirmed it in his, like, press conference. He said, quote, we've been working through this thing for about five months. I've been to a lot of different, and then he paused, I was a part of a group called C Street when I was in Washington. It was a, believe it or not, a Christian Bible study. Some folks asked members of Congress hard questions that were very, very important, and I've been working with them. And that was pretty much a no-no in the group because they they were supposed to be kind of secret and yeah. not supposed to actually be a group. Um, and and that, he, like, just confirmed them yeah. nationally. And because he said that, it set in motion this IRS investigation, which, like, eventually led to the tax-exempt status of the C Street townhouse being partially revoked. So he kind of fucked some shit up yeah. for the family. But And he's featured in that documentary if you want to go watch it. It's actually pretty interesting, and they show the perspectives of people on both sides, like people who are in it and what they had to say about it, and the people on the outside and what they, and have, what they have to say. So it's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. yeah. And one guy particularly, out. like, he, they hire, like, 
like young people to like, I, I don't know, bringing yeah. in new members, I guess, and shit like that. And so Weird. there's one guy who kind of got into it and then left and he's the one that's kind of like the big whistleblower, oh. but who knows if what he's saying is actually true. Anyway, interesting. Go watch it. <laughs> um, then to continue the extramarital affair gossip, he, his wife divorced him soon after that. And then he got engaged to his mistress, but then the public wasn't really cool with it. Like, she went to a couple events with him and shit, and then he got some backlash, and then they, like, called off their engagement. He says that she was the, like, his soulmate and stuff, but now he doesn't, like, talk about her. So I don't know if they're still, like, a thing or... waiting for the right time or what's going on. But he's, um, a bachelor now. He said, thanks a lot, everyone. Yeah. Um, he was also charged with 37 ethics commission violations and settled Fuck. at $74,000 for all of this shit. And he, he was also, like, caught using, like, government resources to, like, go hang out with his mistress, so, um, and articles of impeachment were drafted against him, but never reached the floor for a vote, but the South Carolina House of Representatives did censure him, and censuring just basically means, like, we formally say that you did something bad, like, yeah. it's not, it's just a slap on the wrist, nothing happens, no, no. But they said bad, <laughs> yeah. And, um, ironically, he voted for Clinton's impeachment, which, if you don't remember, was because of an extramarital affair and then the subsequent cover-up, which he also did himself. Yeah. So, Interesting. some good irony in his story. Can um, you say projection? <laughs> yeah. And then, lastly, we have some child abuse allegations, just to put some sprinkles on, on top. top. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> he said, um, not he said, but after... He was shot with a water gun by his niece. He allegedly, quote, chased her around until he trapped her bruised and bleeding, unquote, then dangled her, quote, by her ankles off a dock over shallow water threatening to drop her. But the charges were later dropped. So, so he, he was charged for that, though? Dang. Yeah, like, the, the niece, like, filed charges. Her and, like, the mom, like, went to the police and were like, the fuck? And, yeah. But it, they figured out some sort of agreement and dropped the charges, I guess, because... He, he never faced any consequences or nothing happened. But it's all, like, alleged and, like, the story of one person and stuff like that. And it was never yeah. investigated by a court of law. There's been no due diligence. So we cannot say for sure that that was, is just, what's happened. If but he ever got, like, closer to the nomination, that would for sure get investigated and brought up. So I'm like... Yeah. Ooh. Okay. All right. And that's really all I have. Joe Walsh, Mark Sanford. Now you're caught up with who these guys are. And we will jump into the debate. All right. You want to start with the opening? Sure. Joe Walsh. Okay, for me, the way that I did this is I kind of paraphrased all of his answers so y'all can get a little bite-sized of what he said about everything. Cool. His opening statement was about, this president will be and deserves to be impeached soon. We will discuss a variety of issues tonight, but ultimately this is about Trump. I would not be running if it wasn't for him. He's unfit and he's dividing this country. Word. Uh, Bill Weld's opening was, um, this is a quote from it. It says, I think you all really need, uh, sorry. Let me start over. You said Texas? You all? <laughs> Y'all? Um, he said, I think all you really need to know about me is that I'm a very relaxed, calm person, and like the congressman, I'm comfortable in my own skin, unlike certain people. And you know I'm not scared of anybody. So He said, so whoever wants to step up, yeah, <laughs> step up. Uh, Bill Watt also had some pretty strong words on the whole Ukraine thing. I think they got into the impeachment inquiry yeah. and um, what both of the Republican challengers thought about impeachment of Donald Trump. He said, 
quote, the one thing that's absolutely clear is that it's grounds for removal from office. You have a sitting president of the United States essentially selling the results of an American presidential election in which he's a candidate and then rigging it in his favor against another candidate corruptly. This suspending the aid and then immediately calling up the president and saying, do this to kill Biden, and meanwhile $400 million is no longer there as of three or four days before the call. How stupid are we supposed to be? How stupid is the president of Ukraine supposed to be? He knows exactly what Mr. Trump is saying to him, and it's vastly illegal. Yep. I think that was a pretty yeah, good point like, I feel that. And He's then, such a straight shooter. I, yeah, I really like him. And the way he talks was pretty calming, too. Like, I like his voice and, like... I don't know, nature. That's how I felt. It felt like a return to normalcy. I'm like, yes, oh. That's what I'm saying. If he was on TV as president every day, I'd be like, let me just eat an apple pie. Right. He's like, decent. He looks, I don't know. Yeah. He looks like a little, like, I think I said this about a different candidate too, but he looks like if there was just like a little cartoon president. I don't know. Yes, I guess since does. we've mostly only had white male presidents, so that like the type in my head is still a white male, right. but like. Yeah. Shake it up for me, America, if you would like to prove it. But otherwise, he does look like a little nice little TV president in a little Disney Channel movie or something like that. He does. Yeah. Okay. Um, on is, is that the rest of his quote? Yeah, that was in, on the impeachment. Yeah. On impeachment slash, like, I have kind of McConnell and Ukraine. Um, okay. So here's kind of what Joe Walsh said. On McConnell, he was like, how disappointing... It's about, like, the kind of the investigation, the Mueller report and stuff, too. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it was some... The question was something like, like, Mitch McConnell will never put forward to yeah. the vote the impeachment. Like, when the House passes the impeachment, like, the, the Senate, the Senate yeah. is going to... And then Mitch McConnell's leading the Senate, so he's going to fuck up the whole thing. Bill yeah. Weld's kind of response to that was like, that's not even how it works. Like, yeah. there's, like, other people who decide yeah, that like, it like, it's go. not all about Mitch McConnell. No. Um, for Joe Wall, she said, how disappointing this president obstructed justice, lied and instructed others to do the same. He clearly believes he's above the law. No party deserves that. He deserves impeachment and everyone should stay on top of, or he said, everyone should keep their boots on top of the Republicans to uh, (laughs) ensure that they follow the constitution. And then on the Ukraine, on the Ukraine, on the Ukraine situation, he said, the Republican Party used to stand for rule of law, limited government, and restrained executive. Now people are going back on, like, their values and their words. And he said, to be clear, I'm talking about the RNC bosses, not the Republican voters. The leaders have abandoned their morals to defend Trump every single day. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Um, and then they were asked if they were concerned that running against the president could hand the White House to, say, Elizabeth Warren. Um, Bill Weld said basically no because he thinks that Trump is a conservative and corrupt and that even Elizabeth Warren would probably be a better president than him. So if that's the risk that he has to take, yes. then that's fine. Like, he would rather be president than Elizabeth Warren, but if that can't happen... Weakening said, Elizabeth the, Warren isn't corrupt. He said, <laughs> he said weakening the president's not a bad thing. Like, I'm not opposed to doing that. Yes. So... He said, um, quote, but no, we simply can't sit and wait for this guy who's a disgrace to the office almost every day. I wrote the book on what was grounds for impeachment of a president when I was working on the Nixon impeachment. And every day that president transgresses that line. So no, we can't worry about the general election. All we can do is the duty that's staring us in the face right now. Do you think that he actually wrote a book or it was like that phrase like I wrote the book on? No, it was I wrote the book on. It wasn't. Like, he didn't actually It was write a phrase book. on it. Okay, I didn't yeah. know if he's like I wrote a book about impeachment while I was working on the Nixon impeachment proceedings. I was like I don't think he did, but yeah. maybe. I, I couldn't don't know. tell you. That was like that's a phrase and also would make sense if you were being literal. So I didn't that's true. know. I'm, I'm like if he sure. did write a book on impeachment, I said get him up there. Let him talk. 
True. Um, on for Joe Wall, she said, like, I want to weaken him. I would like to beat him. I do not want him to be our nominee. And then he started going a bit on a tangent, but then he basically just said, he was like, we have everything that our founding fathers feared. So. Yeah. He was like, take back. Take back the presidency. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they both said, fuck Trump. I don't care. Like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were like, I would just not Trump. Yeah. I wonder, like, if they would be for impeachment if it wasn't like, somebody that they felt like they could run against and win. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, exactly. like, Trump says things that, like, alienate certain people and stuff like that. They're, like, they, they see a weakening already. Yeah, so they're, like, everything they can, they're, like, fuck Trump, and yes, we should impeach him and all this stuff, yeah. even if they don't believe that because they're just running against him. So yeah. I, it's hard to tell, like, what's actually genuine in this. Or... And it's still, like, it, even if Trump isn't right or isn't right about it being a publicity sign, it still is publicity. So it's, right. like, sure you is. do want to make it clear where you stand. Yeah. Even if you don't think it's, like, plausible. Definitely. Um, they later played a clip of the president bragging about all of the environmental regulations that he slashed, and then the moderator asked if that's something that Republicans should be excited about. Bill Weld said no because he is an environmentalist, and the Republican Party has a rich tradition of conserving in the environment, and that, quote, Trump is tossing that out the window in order to state his unbelievable desire to do whatever might be beneficial to the coal companies, and he's turning this country upside down because he wants, if nothing else, for the coal companies to like him. He's a very insecure individual who has been linked, who likes, sorry, who has to be liked and padded. That's why he has his cabinet have to praise him going around the room at the beginning. But they deserve no credit for their due regulator efforts or the environmental area. The only other regulations they really rolled back are the regulations decide to protect little people in the event of another 2008 financial crisis. Nice work, Mr. President. Way to freaking go, Trump. Right. <laughs> Do you have anything on that yeah, one? Yeah, Joe Walsh pretty much said, it's a balance between the environment and the small businessmen that everything's like a delicate, fine balance and that um, we need deregulations to help the small businesses who are being burdened by them but that trump has gone too far as he usually does okay but yeah he was still pretty like well i would deregulate a little bit yeah yeah and bill Weld was like we have to protect the environment yeah so i was like so okay. there's a good difference if you were looking for one like between even these two Republican candidates is that I think that yeah. Bill Weld is more environmentally conscious. Right. And that used to be what the Republican Party yes. stood for. Conserving the land. Right. It's conservative values. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Conserving our money. Conserving our land. Yeah. yeah. Conserving okay. our water. Yeah. Exactly. Anyway. Um, then they were asked about fiscal conservatism and, dressing, and addressing the debt and deficit. Uh, Bill Weld said, quote, look, my motto when I was in office is there is no such thing as government money. There's only taxpayer money. Boy, has everyone in Washington forgotten about that. Everyone, not just Donald Trump. And there's nobody looking out for the taxpayers there. The Dems want to raise spending by 5 or 10% on social programs. The R's want to raise that on military. So they demonize each other until they both raise enough money to both get reelected. And then they declare a special meeting this month to smoke the peace pipe. And they agree to compromise by raising everything 20%. It's a total disgrace. Which I'm like, I agree with that so much. I like that he goes on like rants without sounding like he's like off of off of his point at all like he just sounds tired of it he's like and then they want to say this and then these people are going to do this and then we end up here so how do you like that (laughs) 
he seems to have like a good sense of like how things work. And, yeah. And like almost every question that they asked him, he kind of went into like details that I've never even heard of or didn't even know about and was yeah. like making interesting points. So, um, yeah, he's yeah. very well spoken. So uh, refreshing. For Joe Wall, she said, nothing disappoints me more. This is why I went to Congress. We're bankrupting future generations, both parties. You're right. We all hollered about Obama increasing debts and deficits, yet Trump has increased the debt at a quicker rate. They pretty much called out their hypocrisy that, like, a lot of Republicans really were, like, giving Obama shit for his spending and stuff. And then Trump is doing it, has done a lot more than Obama Uh did in his entire presidency, I think, like, already. Yeah, he has. Um, and then they were asked, but then like, where do you cut if that's what you want to do? And then Bill Weld said that you kind of got to cut across the board by measuring results instead of how much money is being, being put into a particular program. He said to zero out programs that aren't working and to increase funding for programs that are showing results. He said, quote, let's say you have a preventative healthcare program which avoids a lot of bad outcomes and delivers good savings in the health area you might multiply that appropriation by 10 but if you have a bureaucracy that nobody can quite tell you where it came from probably a relationship between some long dead u.s senator and some equally long dead chair of ways and means you cut that to zero that's where the big money is and you have to have the political will to do it and not just say there's a bunch of sacred cows in the budget no more sacred cows no more i'm like (laughs) um wow it's like his are usually pretty articulate and like hated and then you're like and then what did joe walsh say and then i'm like and joe walsh said shouldn't have been a tax cut for the wealthy the working class payroll should have benefited and that both parties love to spend money kind of the same thing like forgotten about the actual people's money that they're spending right which is true yeah that just dc is completely detached from the actual effect of their spending right. and are just like it's like numbers to them mm-hmm. and winning i think i'm we're gonna make a miniature episode on debt and deficit and really explaining that and why it matters and like what parts of it actually do, do matter because yeah. like debt in and of itself is not bad if the rate of return of what you invested that money in is greater yeah. than the interest that you're paying on the debt and so you know, investments in, like, education and infrastructure and things like that that have huge returns and, like, capital. Productivity are and stuff, produ- yeah. yeah. and, you know, societal well-being and yes. stuff that will also stimulate the economy. Those are, like, good investments. But things where we're just throwing money away and literally nothing is happening. Yeah. That shit needs to go. And so that's what Bill Weld is saying. Yes. It's like, so I'm going to find those. Yes. And put it towards the productive ones. Exactly. That would be okay. my fucking dream job. Yeah. Just go through every single budget. Like, what is this being used for? Okay. What is this being used for? We don't I'm need sorry, that. I'm sorry. What, what happened to the thousands of dollars that were right here? And they say, oh, I just spent that on guns. So, <laughs> on what? Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else? They're, they were asked, uh, what policies do you enact within the first hundred days to undo the damage caused by Trump's trade policies? Bill Weld said that the president is really ignorant on foreign policy and that he would put a stop to the tariffs because they're hurting Americans, even though Trump doesn't understand that. He said, he was like, Trump thinks that, like, the Chinese are paying the tariffs. Like, we are paying the tariffs. He doesn't even understand basic economics and taxation. Yeah. Um, He said, quote, Mr. Trump thinks that a car made in North America is made by either the United States or Mexico. It's a zero-sum game. So we have to beat up on the Mexicans. He doesn't understand that the average car made in North America travels across the U.S.-Mexico border 22 times because depending on 
the wage scale for that stage of production. So everybody makes out better with free trade. And he also said that he would rejoin the Trans-Pacific Partnership in a heartbeat. Uh-huh. Um, you got trade? For the first 100 days thing, he said, again, it's not about the issues. It's about Trump. He's too unpredictable and nobody knows what's going to happen next. So they're not investing or hiring and that that's why things are bad. It's because of Trump's unpredictability rather than... His policy, I guess. He said, I'm not educated enough to actually yeah. talk on the issue, so I'm just going to attack Trump said, again and again. Trump's crazy, right? And then <laughs> yeah. I think he also, was that one where he said, absolutely, or like in a heartbeat, was that the one where they said, yes or no question, would you rejoin? And that's it? I can't There remember. was one that was like a yes or no question, and Bill Weld said yes, and Joe Walsh said no. And then they were like, I think he it said, was that let one. me explain. And then she said, No. <laughs> yeah, he's. They said yes or no question, and then they each said yes and no, and then they moved on. And yeah, he's like, do I get to do I get to explain? He's, and she's like, in the transcript, it said no exclamation point. <laughs> That's so funny. Um. Uh, they were also asked, what would you do to proactively deal with automation and the jobs that will be lost due to it? Bill Weld said he agrees that we're going to lose lots of low-skill jobs to automation, but says that we can replace them with high-skill skill, high skill technical jobs by retraining the dis- displaced workers. He said, artificial, quote, artificial intelligence is going to create enormous wealth in the United States because it's making everything more efficient. The federal government should take charge of harnessing that wealth for the benefit of the citizens. Amazing. Which kind of sounds like something a Democrat would say. Yeah. yeah. Um, I forgot to say, this is like between before automation that I have, so to throw it in there. On changing the economic relationship with China, he said that China cheats not only the U.S., but the entire world and has done so for a long time. So Trump goes at China by himself, and farmers, small businesses, and American consumers pay the price, bring the world together, and that's how we'll defeat China. And then, on automation... China. (laughs) China. And then on automation, he said, it's not about stopping automation, it's about innovation and efficiency. The government needs to help retrain, retrain and re-educate these displaced workers, and that the government must play a role as we move from one industry to the next. Cool. Which government must play a role is not something I usually hear no, from that, a conservative. Both kind yeah. of sound like a democratic um, See, that's what's interesting points. is when it comes to like certain issues I think should be like treat it like it shouldn't be one party ruling the house at a time but just like maybe right. ruling certain issues and that's one where i'm like i think everyone might lean a little more liberally on that one like then maybe we should actually get something done there yeah, i don't know like, i that's don't know a- that sounds like there's room for compromise right there that's, a thought. <laughs> that's exciting <laughs> um they were asked what is your plan to win over republicans who still deny established climate science Uh, Bill Weld basically said that his argument will win because it's right. (laughs) He also said that he, that we must put a price on carbon in order to start like driving down the amount of fossil fuels that are being released into the atmosphere, kind of like with a free market approach by issuing a carbon tax. He's like, yes, like farmers and stuff will have to pay part of that, but you know, it's how we have to stay alive. So, um, He said, and that the Democrats are arguing about how much money they want to throw at the problem. It's pretty much meaningless if they don't want to price carbon. And he said that um, he would declare a national emergency in order to be able to put a price on carbon if Congress won't act. Also said he would rejoin the Paris Climate Accords, quote, immediately. So. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, wait. Okay. I think that that's the one that was the yes or no question. Perhaps. Yeah. He said no, I I have that written down. Yeah. And then so... 
for him, he said, Republican Party need sorry, for Walsh, he said, Republican Party needs to get on board now or they're done. The party has got to acknowledge that it does exist. I don't want the Green New Deal, but if Republicans don't acknowledge the existence and threat of climate change, that's what's going to happen. That's so funny. He said it wasn't definitive. Exactly. He was like, I mean, I don't know. And you're reading that to me and I say out here like Republicans need to get on board. And I say, When did you how did you get on board? Just tell them what worked for you, I guess. <laughs> like you were iffy. And then he would not rejoin the Plymouth. Perry, that was a new word. <laughs> the Perry He's not going to rejoin the Plymouth Awards. <laughs> but um, he's not rejoining, and that's the one that he wanted to explain. And they said, no, you said no. <laughs> he probably would have been like, I want to renegotiate it and yeah, make it better yeah. or some shit like that. But Ask he didn't get to say it. America. All right. Um, they were asked, under your administration, when, under your administration, when the future of America's inner... I, I, it says when, but it should be will. <laughs> Under your administration, will the future of America's energy be coal, green energy, or something else entirely? He said there is absolutely, Bill Weld said, there's no room for coal or oil, but that we must embrace nuclear as a part of the solution. He said it should be 25% of the solution, which Democrats don't really want to do because it has waste and like could potentially be dangerous. Yeah. But even on the Democratic side, people are kind of like iffy about that. Like, do we include nuclear in this or do we not? Yeah. Um that's a debate for a whole nother episode, yeah. but there you go. Um, Joe Walsh said, I keep almost wanting to say Joe Walsh too. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> I guess it's just where our brain goes. But um, he said a combination of coal, green, and other and um, for the energy. And then he said that the coal industry is dying and it should be, it should be replaced by cleaner forms of energy. But then it's also, he said, like, it's again all about that balance. A balance of our use of fossil fuels knowing that the future um is renewable energy or something and i'm like okay but that's called a transition and not continuing to support coal right (laughs) but yeah he kind of just said like yeah for sure renewable energy but still some coal (laughs) still a little bit of coal (laughs) Hmm. let's see and then they got into trump and political correctness bill weld said quote i found it very refreshing how unpolitically correct he was quote in the Early going, he was quite an appealing candidate. The problem is we know a lot more now than we did three years ago about how this guy is going to comport himself in office. He's coming apart before our eyes. True. Mm-hmm. Okay, on that one, I have a question before that in my notes. Oh, I kind of like took out some stuff I didn't think was important, okay. but go ahead. This is one that I would mention. This was whenever they were uh, LGBTQ issues were brought up. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Bill Weld had a pretty good answer. He said, I've been supporting it like... What else? Yeah, and we mentioned that, and yeah. that, I think that's why I took it out, because in our introduction, I talked about how he had supported LGBT yeah. rights and exactly. said that it was constitutional because of the Equal Protections Clause that um, men and women have the same rights, and if, like, for example, you know, I'm a lesbo, if a man <laughs> can marry my fiancé but I can't marry my fiancé, then that is sex discrimination, like, by definition, yeah. because a man, a man can do can it, do but I can't, can't, or, like, yeah. or vice versa, so... Go ahead. So, yeah, that's why Bill Weld supports and has, honestly, I think, consistently supported. Yeah. And, like... He's always made the constitutional argument, which is also the argument that I've always made, so I love that. And he's, like, put people of the LGBTQ community in positions of, like, power around him. Yeah. And stuff like that. He's been supportive. Um, So, Joe Walsh's question was about him using his platform to uh, abuse the LGBTQ community, Uh and that was pointed out by the GLAAD organization. Mm Mm-hmm. And first, he, like, he said, 
Okay, Bill Weld got asked a question first, and that was just kind of like, how are you going to appeal to Republican voters who are hesitant about it or something like that? And then, so Joe Walsh tried to answer his question instead of, like, the abusing LGBTQ. He was like, it's going to take some time for same-sex marriages to be embraced by Republican voters. I think it's going to take seeing same-sex parents loving their children. Republican families (laughs) value the nuclear family, and once they see that loving children can be raised by same-sex parents, opinion will move. And then they said, okay, but what about what Glad said about you abusing the LGBTQ community? And then that he was said, the fucking question that yes. I asked you. And they said, what about um, the question? <laughs> and then he said, I disagree. I use the power of my profile to find common ground on the issues. I'm a big supporter of LGBTQ serving in the military. I was like, so you're a fan of them? <laughs> like, being Dying. in... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then oh, he God. said, it's about finding common ground. So he pretty much said, I support the LGBT in the military. <laughs> they should sign up first. Let's put them on the front lines. If they don't have a gun, I don't support it. Yeah, he said, if they're not making money, if they're not using their bodies to defend. Yeah. I so I didn't really like that answer. And then yeah. on political correctness, he said, we're divided. I've been in the business of trying to break down political correct culture for years. I do a podcast with a black radio host from Chicago. He's the black guy. I'm the white guy. We talk about race, racism, policing, etc. I abhor Americans who don't want us discussing sensitive issues. That was it. That's kind of, yeah. But like we said before, that's kind of the argument he makes all the time, which is like, we should be able to talk about these things and like political correct culture is like preventing us from talking about real problems. And I'm like, I think that you can still talk about things in a politically correct way. I don't even like the word politically correct. I think it's just like a conscious way of speaking where you're like thinking about how your words might affect other people, you know, like an emotionally intelligent person. I don't know. That's what I'm saying too. Like, I'm like, once again, no one's like, I feel like political correctness can be that conversation. So how how is, like, supporting conversation and dialogue, like, against political correctness? I'm like, political correctness is people bringing up, like, hey, let's talk about using this term. That's pretty right. hurtful to people. Like, exactly. let's find a new way. It's never like, well, that one's shut down. Don't ever talk about this again. It's like, let's have a conversation about how this is actually affecting the well-being of people. Right. And their mentality and sometimes physical health just because of the things that we say. Yeah. He said, fuck all that. He said, I can say it though. Really? <laughs> and we're like, oh, okay. cool. Yes. <sighs> you can already probably tell that we think this guy is a fucking joke. Yeah. So and I really like hope him, y'all. I'm sorry, but... Yeah. I hope y'all don't think it's like just because he's Republican. Because as you can tell from Bill Weld, there's no. a lot of conservative policies that we're like down for. Like we're learning. We're still like. Like, there's Democrats, and I'm like, why are you saying this stuff? Why are you even running? And that's how I feel about Joe Walsh. Like, I'm just like... It's horrifying. Bill Weld, though, he's like a little Republican dream. Yeah, I like him. All I want to do is be Teddy Roosevelt. So far. I'm going to say I like Bill Weld, and then some horrible fucking scandal is going to come out next week that makes me look like an asshole. But, you know, as I stand right now, and my opinion may change, and yours can change, too, and that's okay. That's the way the news goes. Yes. All right. Um... Uh, political correctness, do you have? Did you that, I already that? read that, okay, yeah. Cool. Um, they also asked if they had plans to address gun violence. Um, Bill Well pretty much just said that mass shooters and serial murders are sickos and that he supports red flag laws in order to take the guns away from people who, like, the people around them think might pose a risk, so. Oh, yeah, but, like, that whole, like, people should be able to go to court and be like, this person's been saying things. Right, exactly. And we, if you haven't listened to our, um, 
gun debate explained episode. There's lots in there about red flag logs, exactly. so you can cool. you can go take a listen. Um, is that all for him? Do you have gun violence? Yes. Um, he yeah. said, "I'm a big gun guy. I believe in the Second Amendment. There's no quick fix to this issue." He said, "Like, there's no silver bullet." I said, "Ah." <laughs> and then he said, we don't want anyone to have a gun that shouldn't have one. If I go to a gun dealer to buy a gun, I have to get a federal background check. If it, it makes sense to me that if I buy that same gun at a gun show or from a friend, I should have to undergo a federal background check as well, as well as buying it online. We've got to really take a serious look at mental health issues in this country as well. Mm-hmm. So he's for background checks and then directing attention to mental health. Word. Um... Yeah, most Republicans say that. They, yeah. Like, that's the common sense is, you know, universal background checks and, yeah. Mental health. <laughs> um, they were also asked, how would you pick up where Trump left off on foreign policy? Mm-hmm. Um, Bill Weld first had a pretty strong worded attack against President Trump. He said, we have to remember that the president is a sick man. He's a malignant narcissist. He's not happy unless other people are losing. He's a megalomani megalomaniac i had to look up how to pronounce this word (laughs) and i still botched it um he's totally wrapped up in his own head he's filled with fear he's filled with hatred he has to offload his anxiety every morning as soon as he wakes up that's where the tweets come from he has profound autocratic tendencies he thinks he's going to be the man on a white horse who's going to save us all he absolutely does not want to have elections and he thinks that he can take over everybody take over everything He's a direct threat to the Bill of Rights and the Constitution. That's A. B, on foreign policy. (laughs) And then on foreign policy, he just said that he would rejoin the Paris Climate Accord, Iran nuclear deal, and the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Alrighty. Go. Um, Whenever they brought up, like, that question, they mentioned to Joe Walsh about his support ending for Trump and, like, when and how that happened. Right. And then, so he said, yeah, Trump siding with Putin over our own intelligence agencies was the final straw of my support for him. Donald Trump is unfit and he can't tell the truth. We need a president who puts the needs of the country before his own. Basically saying that anytime there's an opportunity where, um, if, like, Trump could gain from meeting up with someone who shouldn't have a platform or who's, like, a dictator or just, like, not a situation America should be in, but if Trump has personal gain in that situation, he will absolutely choose that every time. Right. Um, Bill Weld, I guess this probably wasn't a question to, uh, Joe Walsh as well, but mm-hmm. I said Welsh again. God damn it. <laughs> Joe Welsh. Joe Walsh. Um, but Bill Weld was asked if vouching for Hillary Clinton in 2016, um, could have, could hurt him with Republicans this time around. Um, at the time he was running on the Libertarian ticket and he got, he had, like, a press conference where he was, like, or I don't know if it was a press conference. I don't know. He said it somehow that um, Hillary Clinton, like, is not a bad person and that all of these, like, things that they're throwing around and that Trump is saying about her is not true and we need to, like, pull back this whole, like, let's throw Hillary Clinton in jail thing. Even though he was, like, running against her, he still was, like, y'all are taking it too far. So I'm, like, by, like, nonpartisan, like, straight shooter, like, I love this shit with him. Um, And I loved his answer to this, too. He said... He, like, as far as whether or not it could hurt him with Republicans, he said, yeah, it could, but I always tell the truth. You know, I call it like I see them, and I don't care who knows it. I've known her for a long time, and I don't think she's a crook. I don't think she belongs in jail. Nobody was standing up for her. Nobody. So I said I'd vouch for her personally, 
It was not a political endorsement, although it was widely taken as such, but that's why I did it. And I would do it again because I think it's only being honest and trying to rescue someone from a bully. I despise bullies. I love that. He's like, I despise bullies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just love it. Dead eye contact with the camera when he says that squinting, staring in Donald Trump's soul. <laughs> I don't know. Do you think he, Donald Trump even watched it? That. Yeah, I'm like... Uh, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Part of me, like, did. I like I swear he's the type of person that has to know if people are talking about him and what they're saying. But then the other part, I'm just like, he probably doesn't even want to entertain the thought of That's competitors true. at all. So. I don't know. I mean, he tweet storms like the Democratic presidential debate. Yeah. So why wouldn't he watch the Republican one? That's exactly. Kinda, but and they're he, the ones. Well, he probably doesn't think they have as much of a chance. I, I don't know that he doesn't think that they have a chance. I think he's not paying them any attention because that's going to give him more of a chance. He's yeah. just like. I'm pretending that nobody's running against me because that looks like I don't care and yeah, I'm not intimidated. Exactly. But, yeah. And what's the next question that you had? Um, how would your administration work to ensure Americans have access to health care? Bill Weld said he wants to reduce the role that government plays in health care and widen the option for health savings accounts for people so that they can save tax-free and buy their own plans. He basically wants to take government out of the health care equation. Mm. So... I don't care so much for those views, but, you know. Yeah. You, get some, you want some, you lose some. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say, I think I just realized why we keep saying Welsh is because it's Weld. And we're probably, like, That's transferring true. over too easy. Yeah. I said, Joe Weld. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so Joe Walsh, he said... If elected president, this would probably be the issue I would start with. Democrats say one thing, Republicans say another. I want to lead a discussion on this issue. And then they said, then answer the question. <laughs> and, then, I love it. and then he said, make sure that people with chronic health care conditions are always taken care of, and the rest of the American people need to begin paying for the day-to-day health care costs, and then look at things like universal catastrophic care coverage. Nobody talks about how much this is going to cost. The young people in this audience are trillions of dollars in debt. I won't be around to pay it off. You will. This country has got to have an honest discussion about how we pay off our debt. True. We do need to have an yeah. honest discussion about that. But that didn't really say much about how he's going to provide access to health care. No. So that frustrated me. Sure didn't. Yeah. He said, I want to talk about this. And they said, oh, if only there was a debate where someone would phrase a question and then ask you and give you some time to make a position clear. <laughs> Imagine that. That would be great. Um... <laughs> uh, Next, they were asked how they plan to talk to fellow Republicans about immigrants in the United States. Uh, Bill Weld said, called Trump's demonization of immigrants, quote, a scare tactic, and he says that he'll tell fellow Republicans the truth on this issue. He said he will increase the number of work visas, secure the border, buy more drones, hire more judges to process asylum cases, hire more people to process refugees, and more border agents to catch the bad guys and predatory coyotes. Um, which would be a lot less expensive than the border wall. Cool. He said, quote, I'll give you another reason why we need to lighten up a little bit on our anti-immigrant rhetoric. You cannot staff either the agricultural industry or the construction industry without, yes, those brown people coming across that infamous Mexican border to supply the necessary labor. He also pointed out that Canada has a very robust guest worker program that works because they need the labor for, like, certain seasonal positions that aren't year-round. basically like a seasonal job for the country. Right. And, the, and the people who travel to work those jobs, they don't want to live in Canada. They want to go back home where they're from. They just want to bring some, like, money, money back home. Yeah. So it kind of works for everybody. It's, like, mutually beneficial. And he says that the United States should have a similar program. Yeah. Um, cool. So. 
Um, like that's common sense. Walsh said, for Trump, it's a scare tactic, but for the American people, it's a real issue. Are we a sovereign nation? Do we have borders? Are we going to defend those borders? The more the merrier, of course, no matter your creed, color, or country that you come from. If you want a freedom and opportunity, you should come here legally. So are you going to... Make it easier to get, right. like, <laughs> citizenship? There's no fucking path here, like, legally for most people. And he did, he mentioned dreamers that we need to look out for people who are here, like, not on their own accord. Right. And that we need to have, like, humane handlings and, like, uh, asylum cases. Word. Um, let's see. They were asked, what do you think of President Trump's attacks on the media and how will you handle your own frustrations with the media as president? Bill Weld said that Trump's demonization of the press is, quote, straight out of the handbook of dictators throughout history. He accused Trump of reading Hitler's books, which, according to a Google search that I did, appears to be correct. And if you want to learn more about that, go ahead and read it. But sounds like Trump's a little fan of Hitler. So Not cool. only, like, I'm shocked more at him reading books than I am at him reading Hitler's books. Eh, I don't know. He's a fairly, like, well-educated guy, especially, like, in his youth. He, yeah, maybe in his youth. I'm like, he does not yeah. come across that way to me at all. And I don't they think he's always, reading books anymore. Remember, there's, like, yeah, a bunch of reports about how much screen time he gets a day. So, right. like, reading? No, I think he watches <laughs> Fox News all day now. Yeah. But, you know, he's deteriorating, yeah. so it's cool. Back when your eyes are good, you do like to read. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was ageist. It sure was. We apologize. Sorry, old people. If you're respectful, I won't come for you. <laughs> uh... Let's see. Oh, yeah. And he also said, quote, and it's time for him to be removed. That That's what's going to save us all. It's not going to be Donald Trump. It's going to be the absence of Donald Trump. Okay. Yep. Um, on the frustrations with the media and, like, how he'd handle press briefings and media, mm-hmm. he said... Um, Trump's a dictator. He doesn't know or respect the First Amendment. Too liberal, too conservative, fake news, I get. But enemy of the people is dictator talk. Whoever the next president is, their job is to unite the people and not divide them. And then he said, I believe in total transparency. I will invite the media to the White House all the time. That's cool. Um, They were also asked if they would both commit to collective press briefings. um, To collective press... To our... Oh my Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, this is I'm just gonna reread the question. Yeah, let's just rephrase. As president, will both of you commit to using our collective press briefing room in the White House? And then uh, Bill Weld said, quote, yes, and attending the White House Correspondence Center. Thank you, Henry. <laughs> Thank you, Henry. I don't yeah. know I don't know if no, Henry Joe Weld said that he would um that's what it start was, yeah. using the press room. That's what that um, last oh, okay, part was. Cool. Like, right. on the press briefings, he said, I believe in total transparency. They'll always be there. Cool. But also, that's another thing I was going to point out was Joe Walsh just consistently said Henry or what was the other moderator's name? Like, Liz or oh something. Oh, my God. The whole time he was talking, he was like, and yeah, Henry. And thank you, Henry. And Henry. Trump is bad, Henry. He really did. <laughs> he like, kept saying it. I had to, like, I kept almost writing Henry when I was taking my notes. When people do that, it makes me think that they took some class one time. Yes, where me like, too. Where they're like, people like it when you say their names. Yes. So say their names over and over again, and they'll trust you. And so then when people do it, I'm like, ugh. Like, you, that's not organic Like, your at all. speech classes are coming through. <laughs> like, imagine if we did that to each yeah. other while we were talking right now. And the thing is, Jesse, <laughs> <laughs> It's crazy. Say. All right, Jess, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> um, then they were asked um, how they're going to convince Republican voters to abandon loyalty to Trump. 
Bill Weld said basically that the next year is going to be rough for President Trump, and then that will start to change some minds, which uh, that's um, some pretty good foresight. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, the question was, I don't know, I don't like the answer only because the question was like, there's a lot of people that just like won't fucking stop supporting him. Like, I don't know, as much as, like, remember that when he said that thing, like, I could stand in fifth square and shoot someone and my support wouldn't go down at all. Right. Like, yeah. that was kind of the question. So he's like, well, it will. And I'm like, but what about the people that refuse? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, Joe Walsh said he wants to convey two things. Four more years of Trump will endanger not only us, but our country and our planet. Republicans want and need an alternative and that he hasn't delivered on any of his promises. Word. Um, and then is, was that the closing? Um, his closing for Joe Walsh was like pretty much the exact same as his opening. He said, I'm going to say what I opened up with. (laughs) And he was like, (laughs) Trump is the problem. Like I'm running because of Trump. He didn't quite have enough time to write both an opening yes, and a closing Yes, he said, a little sandwich for you. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Um, Bill Weld did have a different closing than his opening. <laughs> he said, quote, you, you have seen tonight from both me and the congressman that there are tried and true Republican conservative policies that we would like to see deployed by the party in Washington. The most important thing from my point of view as a small L libertarian is conserving the precious individual liberties of all Americans. And then he ended with let the dialogue continue. So I'm like, my general thoughts about him, I'm just like, yeah, he's common sense. He's just a straight shooter. He's like actually calm and level headed and like detailed yes. in his answer. He's thought through things like see, that's I respect like, this man. I Growing up, because I, like, came of age pretty much at the time of the Trump presidency. So, like, whenever Bush was president, I was pretty young and didn't care. And then Obama was president, and that was, like, a big deal. So I would, like, cared as much as, like, a little middle schooler, high schooler would. Right. But, like, with Trump, it's frustrating because I'm, like, it has made me, it has gotten me to think that, like, is all, are all Republican presidencies bad? But I'm, like, no. Like, there could be some that are just no. conservative policies for four years. And it's just, like, part of entropy. Like, I'm, like, they do their thing. And then Democrats come in and do a little bit of their thing. And we just keep a well-oiled machine. And yeah, and we have like transfer of power from like different ideologies. Exactly. And like get a little bit of both. And like what works with the conservative ideologies will stick. And then what works with like the progressive ideologies will stick, I feel like. and That's the idea. Yes, that's what would be nice. But it feels like with Trump, it's like he is genuinely just destroying the White House, like every aspect to make sure that no one can ever have it again. Remember when (laughs) George W. Bush was president and everybody made fun of him constantly and said that he was like an idiot and like a horrible person? Yes. And I like regret all of that so much now. he's like favorable to so many people who hated him. They're all like, George Bush, I miss the dude. The best thing (laughs) that ever happened for the legacy of (laughs) President George W. Bush was the election of Donald Trump, I swear. He really said, damn, people start being nice to me today. I don't really know what changed. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like meeting up with the old Democrat presidents for photo ops. He's like, it's just us. It's just the boys. It's just us guys. And we don't like Trump. It's funny. Oh, but yeah, this, that's pretty much all I got. Joe Walsh, I wasn't yep. too fond of him. You're right. The way that he like kept saying the name made me feel like it was off-putting and like he had taken classes on how to talk to people. Yeah. I also don't like that he didn't really own up to a lot of the stuff that he did, whereas Bill Weld was kind of like, yeah, and I would do it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like He like was like, uh-huh. Yeah. That is true. 
<laughs> but like I, I kept getting the image of like the Energizer Bunny whenever like <laughs> Joe Walsh was yes. speaking. Like he was like, just like he's like riled up, like grabbing on the edge of the podium and like yeah, probably on his tiptoes a little bit. He seems like very tense and worked up, and that was like highly contrasted to Bill Weld, who like barely moved, spoke very yes. like eloquently, calmly, kind of almost like monotone. Exactly, I, was, like, I love it. It's normal and not scary. Exactly, that's why I'm like like. Bill Weld, the type of dude to make me not care about politics again, because I'd be like, he's got it. Like, not like, everyone, pay attention. Yeah. This, I would be like, okay. Yeah, I would feel like I could take a break. I would turn on the TV, and he's holding a little teddy bear on his hip, say, we just saved a forest today. And I say, thanks, Bill. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Bill. (laughs) Let's plant him. He'll be like cameos, planting trees. I love it. It'll be him and a bunch of lesbians just planting a garden. (laughs) And he's like, I love the gays. And then we say, thanks, Bill. Thank you, Bill. (laughs) (laughs) Bill Well presidency for you guys. (laughs) Well, that's really it. Yeah, Um, it was really fun and, like, enlightening to cover. Yeah, I really highly recommend watching it. And you can find it on both YouTube and Facebook if you want to watch. It's only a couple hours long and definitely worth it. There is some technical difficulties in the middle of it that were really weird and uncomfortable and, like, long. And it almost sounded, like, demonic. Yeah, I heard that. I posted it on our story, like, at the time. But it it was just like warping the voices in a creepy ass way. I, like, I do not like this. Their true forms coming through. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we will be back very soon on mass incarceration. Um, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at fucking vote please, but the please is spelled is shortened PLS. Um, please also share our podcast with other people if you're finding it valuable at all. We're putting a lot of work into this and um, I hope that it is worth something. So if you believe that that is true, please tell your friends and family. Rate and review. Make that too. Uh, yeah. Post about us. Uh, go over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review and a rating and that can really, really help our reach. So we appreciate that so very much. Um, that's really all. So, most importantly, please Please fucking vote!